Hello, sons and daughters. This is the Let's Talk About It S&D podcast. I am Julie, and I am thrilled to be hosting today. And we are talking about just a really light, fun subject, God's sovereignty versus free will. Um, listen, we know we're not going to cover everything. I personally don't believe it's humanly possible for us to really grasp or understand this entire subject but that's what we do we want to talk about the hard stuff even if we're not experts which we certainly are not today talking about god's sovereignty with me is tiffany rogers tiffany is a great friend of s d you've probably seen her on some of our other stuff and just a wonderful human. So we are thrilled to have her with us today. Hello, Tiffany. Hello, thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. And yeah, I'm excited to get into the nuance of God's sovereignty versus free will. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And you know, we like to start out these podcasts with a little bit of a fun question. So Today is November 5th. Tiffany, who did you vote for? No, I'm joking. <laughs> Just a light, light, fun question to throw in there. <laughs> Are you a part of the voter fraud that this is your opportunity to come clean? No. But the actual fun question is, when is a time that you felt completely out of control? And when I read that as the fun question, I was kind of like, is that fun and lighthearted? <laughs> Honestly, it took me, I had to really think about it when I read the question too, because I was like, wait, every time that I felt out of control, it was like something serious was going down in my life. But then I thought about it a little bit more and I realized, okay, I do have like kind of a fun time that it happened. It was, um, I was in Europe. I had just graduated from college and I took myself to Europe with a couple of my girlfriends for the summer. And we were taking the train from Italy into France. And um, we had like got one of those Eurail passes to like travel within all within Europe. Yeah. And when we were leaving Italy and trying to go into the south of France, all of the French train conductors went on strike. And so we got to the last train station in the last teeny tiniest town in Italy. And we just got dumped because there were no trains coming in or going out of France at all. And it was like this just crazy experience where me and my girlfriends were like, what do we do? We're like trying to call our parents in the States, but it's like super early in the morning or something, or maybe really late at night. I don't remember and trying to figure out like oh my gosh how are we going to get to our host home and anyway it was it definitely was the moment where I was like I don't know what to do I don't speak French I completely yeah. and I don't speak Italian either and so anyway um what ended up happening was we finally got a hold of our hosts in in uh where were they Nice France they ended up sending uh, one of their church members, a, the sweetest old French man I've ever met in my life, to drive to where we were at this like remote train station, find us, and 
drove us back to Nice. And it actually ended up being like a really beautiful experience because he drove us all along the coast south of France. Oh. He would like stop to let us get out and take pictures. And he didn't speak a lick of English and none of us spoke any French, but we managed to communicate somehow. And he got us to where we needed to go. So anyway. And he showed up with like fresh baked baguettes and yeah, cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all old Frenchmen just walk around with a picnic yep. desk. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was amazing. But I'm no, so I felt super out of control and just like very like, well, okay, if we're going to get to where we need to go, like we need to figure this thing out. <laughs> I actually love that story and the way that it ties into what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, this question, this age old question that will has lasted since the beginning and will last till the end of time about God's sovereignty. And if God is sovereign, then what does free will actually look like? Mm -hmm. And if God knows what's going to happen before it happens, why does he let the bad stuff happen yeah and these are you know they can almost feel like elementary but at the same time they're extremely deep and telling of our own state and wanting to know this so how in your walk with God I know that you come from a missionary family in Mexico City and your dad is like one of the funniest people ever he's a riot <laughs> if I if your life were a reality show I feel like your dad would be the character that like everyone is waiting honestly Julie like you are not the first or the only person that, like I have every time anytime I post anything about my dad on my stories or anything like that I get the most responses from people and I have <laughs> always saying like your family needs a show your dad is the star like everybody's <laughs> so true he's just so wild but it's funny too because when people meet him in person that's not the immediate perception that they get no like not at all yeah like he can be like a pretty serious kind of intimidating guy but behind the scenes and when I get to like secretly record him he's just the funniest goofiest daddest dad of them all <laughs> oh my gosh I love that you're the daddest of them all <laughs> So growing up in Christendom, in Christianity, how have you navigated this question in your own life? Man, it's a really good question. I feel like I've always maybe subconsciously known, obviously, that there's, that God is all powerful and that also I have free will. I think I grew up understanding very very generally and broadly both terms but really and truly Julie like I never sat down to actually look at it and study it and like think it through it out in my heart until this year and it was a very specific thing that happened in our culture I'm sure you heard about it it was whenever um and this is a totally different topic than or this is a totally different thing that um I wasn't going to bring up, but, but the truth is like, I didn't really start actually considering God's sovereignty versus our free will until baby Olive died, mm. um, with the whole Bethel, the girl at Bethel and you know, the, the baby who was, they were, it was just this whole thing. And I was really impacted by what I was seeing on social media and people like calling for prayers of, um, uh, resurrection 
for this, for this baby girl. And I, through that whole moment, when was that? What, that would, would have been about a year ago. It was was a year ago. Okay. Maybe it was last year. Um, I could be wrong, but I right. feel like it was close to Christmas. It was. You're right. You're totally right. It, it was around this time last year then. Okay. Um, I Through that, I like obviously saw a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different opinions on what was happening. Um, personally, I was very moved to pray and agree in prayer. Um, but through that, I ended up hearing perspectives of God's sovereignty versus free will that just, I think, opened my mind for the first time to mm. what it means for God to really be in control. And um, anyway, that's, to answer your question, like, that's really, like, it's it's been recent that I've started to look at this. And, you know, that bleeds into my own personal life and how I've tried to maybe cope with God's sovereignty versus free will in terms of relationships and the relationships that I've been in and in terms of, you know, my future potential relationship. And so, and you're talking specifically about dating and marriage. I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think obviously like there's more at play, but it's, it's a much bigger conversation. It doesn't just focus in on relationships, dating and marriage, but I, I think that I hadn't ever really considered the discussion of God's sovereignty versus my free will in terms of relationships until recently. So I think I'm still trying to figure it out. (laughs) So as you've wrestled with this, as you've allowed, as you've sat with this in a greater way, with a greater um, perception. Cause I know what you mean about, I remember being surprised by the number of opinions because the, the baby olive situation was this, um, in case people have like no context, um, this couple from Bethel who lost one of their young children very suddenly, and then did a massive call to pray for resurrection and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people got involved and were reposting. And then as people do, when things don't turn out the way we think they should or feel they should or are praying for them to, there was this need to like explain it or um, rationalize or even blame, which, you know, is all just indicative of a level of immaturity and a need, a need to understand. And yeah, I do remember the, the amount of opinions where I was like, gosh, and I agree. I felt very challenged and I felt challenged even as a parent. Like if I were that parent, what, what is my stance? And that's where it ended for me as well. Cause it was like, if I'm asking people to pray, like shut your mouth and open your heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was a very fascinating situation though for so many people to be a part of yeah. and then to wrestle with. So as you've come off of that, and then as you said in your own personal life, and I know you did a post um, and made a bold statement and had a lot of different opinions. And yeah, you want to talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, in, in the wake of thinking of God's sovereignty mm-hmm. from that situation and just moving on, moving forward with, you know, thinking about that in my own life. Cause I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from that moment with the situation with the baby. I really did. I, I, my eyes, I feel like were really opened in a lot of ways. Um, and so moving forward with that in mind, I started thinking and pondering and reading and praying more about what it looked like for God to be sovereign in my own life when it comes to my own personal relationships. And so I sent this text message to my best friend where I said, I'll pull it up here. I said, the person, because her and I are both single. And I said, the person we're supposed to be with is not going to end up with someone else. And we're not going to end up with someone we're not supposed to be with. And I just said that I'm fully convinced of that. And then, you know, she said, amen, thanks for sending. And I said, this should give us a lot of joy and peace, knowing how sovereign our God is, that he's fully in control and we can trust him completely. And um, I wrote, you know, a caption on that. And basically my point was to say that I do believe that when we seek to put God first in our lives and when God is really the center of of who we are, not just a cool, nice addition to our lives, but like the very center of it, then Mm -hmm. when that is the case, we just can't miss what he has for us. That doesn't mean that we will always get what we want or that things will always turn out in our favor. I don't believe that. I don't think the scripture alludes to that at all. Yeah. But I do think, and I, I wrote, I wrote this in the caption. Um, I just wrote, I don't have a guarantee that I'll ever get married. I can't say for certain. I know in the depths of my soul that that's what God has for me. I think it is, and I hope it is, but I have no scriptural reference that ensures this future for me. Mm. But for all that I don't know, I do know this is true. As long as I'm seeking to put Jesus first in every area of my life, I simply can't go wrong. That's not to say my life will be perfect or void of trials, but I believe God's word is true. I believe to seek him is to find him. I believe he's worthy of my trust and adoration. I believe what he has for me will be for me and for no one else. Uh, And then I just said, I believe that I'll see the goodness of God in my life as I determine to live it for his glory. And so I had a lot of like a big response from that. Obviously, a lot of people were really encouraged, but I did have some challenges. Some some people like challenging what I said and, and disagreeing with it, which I was really open to hearing and receiving what people had to say. Um, and that opened the conversation back up into the realm of God's sovereignty versus free will. Cause a lot of people said, well, it's actually very possible because God gave us free will that you might not end up with the person you're supposed to be with. And I think um, people really had a problem with the word supposed, supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. I recognized that. I was like, you know what? That probably wouldn't have been, that probably is not the best word to have used in that, in that, moment. I don't think it conveys the ultimate point I'm trying to make, but, um, I don't know. So I, I just wanted to talk on that and like, I wonder, I see in scripture, the more I study scripture, the more, and I could be wrong. Like I could, you know, study scripture even more throughout my life and then find that the opposite is true. But I just feel like the more I study God's word, 
the more I see how much he really is in control. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not to say that we don't have the ability to choose and make choices that are, you know, poor and have to live with those consequences. Obviously we all know that that's true, but I don't know. I just feel like the more I learn about God, the more I realize that his ultimate plan just can't be thwarted. And so I'm in a position where I'm trying to figure out what that looks like or means for me personally. That's kind of a lot. What do you think about all that? <laughs> I love it. And I love what you were saying about like, if you're putting God in the place where he belongs, mm -hmm. the rightful place of him as Lord over our lives. And it made me think of Psalms, th Psalm 37, where it's saying, for like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Mm -hmm. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And then this part that I feel like always gets misquoted or just thrown around willy-nilly. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And we just take off that last part. Like, God will give me the desires of my heart. Mm -hmm. And I think about this from the perspective of a parent because, you know, God is the ultimate parent. And what we aspire to do, Addison and I, with our children is to train them well and train them in a way that gives them absolutely where they respect and honor us, but ultimately where we give them this glimpse of God the Father in as many ways as we possibly can, which is limited because we're human and like so flawed me more than him but you know <laughs> takes all types and to give our kids whatever they want whenever they want it would not be good parents and yeah. so as adults we think we know best we think um we have our life laid out this a to z step-by-step -step plan and it's like god if you could just get with it and give me what i want do you know how, how many people I'll lead to Christ or how brightly I'll shine for your glory? And that's just not the case. Yeah. And I don't know that anyone would say it that way, but at the base of this entire question of sovereignty, we have to ask, why are we asking this question? What is it within our humanity that needs to know who's in control? You know, if you're at Chipotle and you ask for guacamole, and the person gives you a huge scoop of guacamole. You're not like, I need to speak to the manager. But if someone <laughs> would give you a tiny bit and they're like, oh, this is our new policy, something and you would rise up like, I need to speak to whoever's in charge because this is not right. I shouldn't be paying extra for basically nothing, like uh -huh. a chip worth of guacamole. And so I have to wonder what's behind this need to be like, well, who's in control here? Like, why does this, I know in my own life, this question has really bubbled to the surface in seasons of dissatisfaction. When I have had my hope in something that just has not gone the way that I thought it would go, or I have trusted God in a way that I feel jaded. I feel like it should have been different and it could have been different it's just not my best moments, if I'm honest. 
And I have to wonder what's behind, what is the heart posture? Is it a posture that's delighting in the Lord? That's saying, well, who's in control of all of this? Yeah. Even King David's life. Like if you look at his life and you recognize the sovereignty of God over the life of King David, but the amount of hardship and pain and persecution and straight up being like hunted, and yet his legacy and the purpose of that continues to live on every single time that the Psalms reaches into your humanity and says, I am a God who sees you. I am a God who can handle the most human parts of who you are. That to me is where the sovereignty of God becomes blatantly clear. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think as you were talking, I was realizing also that the conversation in general and even the moments where we're challenged to figure out if if this is God's sovereignty versus free will you know in 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 general but also in my specific situation I really feel like ultimately it's an invitation to trust God more I just it is really tempting to want to know the answer and to want to ask, okay, is this your will? Is this, is this all my choice? But ultimately I do feel like, and I think the scripture really shows us that every time there was a moment to doubt or question, it was simply an invitation from God to trust him more and to say, you know what, I'm not gonna, like with the situation with with baby Olive, like we're not gonna get to have this answer. And some people might say that they do, but ultimately at the end of the day, like none of us know why, why that happened, why anything, why anything that shouldn't happen happens, but it does give us the opportunity to say, you know what, I have no idea what is going on or why this is happening but I'm going to choose to trust you anyway. Yeah. I want to ask you something, if that's okay. Yeah. I had a question that I was like, I'm really curious about this. And maybe we've already kind of covered the answer with what we've said, but do you think, I had this question come up. Do you think that God has set aside, do you think that there are some people that God sets aside specific people for, and then there are others who he allows to just kind of choose within a certain set of boundaries biblically like as long as you're praying and using wisdom you can have kind of your choice but then there are some people that's like no i specifically have this person for you and not that one is more important than the other but that within god's sovereignty within his ultimate will that's that was what he we don't know why obviously maybe he chooses some people specifically and for some he allows them to choose is that do you i want to open up the conversation i i have no inclination one way or the other i'm just kind of curious because i've heard this what your thoughts are maybe that's like totally not biblical what do you think (laughs) um i don't believe that the bible is extremely clear about the like one for everyone so in a biblical sense, I don't know, like there's no theological answer, I think. 
I'm sure people would find a theological answer and God bless them. <laughs> but my personal belief, and this is a question that I found myself wanting to kind of figure out really, really early in my walk with God. And I had already met Addison at that time, actually. And we had like fallen in love in a week. And we have one of those ridiculous stories that ruins everyone else's like <laughs> perception of <laughs> what it's supposed to be like for better or worse. But I, I was in the midst of walking and, and part of my questioning came from having parents who had been divorced twice. And actually, when I started asking this question was when I found out they were getting divorced for the second time. And it was like, what was that? Like, why? And my mom has this beautiful, vibrant relationship with God and totally filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there's this, I don't know, it just lingered there. Like, what, what's the deal, God, with who you're supposed to marry? Because it's huge. It's the biggest decision that you make second to following the Lord, but the way it affects your day to day and moment to moment. Oh my gosh. So I do believe, I do believe there's one for everyone. I don't believe it always looks the same. And I think some people have a greater journey to becoming the one for their someone. And sometimes that's within the context of marriage. Yeah. Like you can marry the person who is not your someone, but as you both seek God, it's like you become yeah. the perfect fit. I mean, we are all continuously evolving. Like we're, we're meant to be, I should say. So that's not this stagnant state of being and you fit with you. It's like we're puzzle pieces that are just constantly, the edges of us are changing shape. Yeah. And so to come together is, is a process, is a journey. And then even once you're married, it's a journey to stay unified. Yeah, absolutely. That's so And good. so I think I actually would say yes. I do think that some people are choosing and then let's not forget some people aren't meant to be married yeah like, this is also a very real part of what the bible says about marriage there are people who are set aside to be single and you know i i don't know the ins and out of out of that but the fact that that is not talked about or valued in the same way I, there's a tragedy there like we're losing something by making so much of the conversation about who you marry, like, okay, what about the ones who aren't meant to be married? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, do you, do you think that the church maybe does, has a lot of responsibility to play in that because of how much they almost deify marriage? Like I've just heard it said that like, you aren't who you're really, called to be until you're married to the one you're supposed to be married to i've heard that, that like you're not like you reach the highest levels of like spirituality and like closeness with god when you're married because it makes you holy and all these things which are true but i do think that the church has really perpetuated the idea that 
um, marriage is the ultimate goal as opposed yeah. to Jesus being the ultimate goal. And I, I want to believe that we're doing a better job of that as a church to, um, to, to really, um, I don't know, just make it, make it more of a conversation, but I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel like I know so many personally, I know so many single young women who feel that, um, without being married, they're not as valuable to the church as a whole or to God. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that is something that is being, um, perpetuated an idea that, and just even the way like, uh, different groups or systems within the church are set up for husbands, wives, children. And then of course there's like young adults and singles and, um, I do think a more holistic body of Christ approach is what's needed. You know, we want to create formulas for stuff because it presents some, some level, possibly a mirage of control. But um, yeah, I agree, Tiff. I agree that a needed value being placed, not just on your single right now, but if you're single for however long, yeah. we're not just going to deal with you until you find your one. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's such value and availability. Yeah. I mean, if you just want to talk technically, like the, the availability that single people have. And yes, marriage is an incredible tool towards holiness, but so is relationship with humans to that level of openness and intimacy um in general yeah and i know i know we kind of steered away from the sovereignty talk but i do like that's one of this is one of like my missions i feel like in what god's called me to in this season especially but i think also forever is i really want to help young people like me i really want to help millennials and and the generations coming after me to understand that life is not all about finding a spouse. Like our lives are not to be lived with marriage as the ultimate goal, but as with mm-hmm. Jesus as the ultimate goal. And I think especially with the part of the country that I live in, obviously in the Midwest and lots of friends in the South, getting married is what you do. And when yeah. you're 28 and single, you are an anomaly. And so I really have I really am passionate about encouraging both men and women to ultimately um, God has bigger plans for you than just getting married. And yes, marriage is a huge, beautiful gift from the Lord. And for a lot of people like you are going to continue your race in marriage and like find out more about what God has for you within that context. But God's not waiting for your life to start when you um, say yes to someone else, he's waiting for your life to start when you say yes to him. And I just feel really passionately about helping other people live with Jesus on the throne of their lives instead of deifying marriage. Yeah. I think that you do that really, really beautifully Tiff. And it's just speaks volume that you have owned that like that alone shows you placing value upon singleness and specifically being a young single Christian woman and allowing that to be 
who you're speaking to and where you're speaking from. And not that you're limited by that, but that you're not afraid to own that. Like yeah. it's going to limit you. Right. And I, I see this as connecting so beautifully within the conversation of sovereignty, because ultimately this is about, are you seeking God first or yeah. are you seeking everything else? What are you allowing? How are you allowing idolatry to just sneak in? Yeah. And you're, you're covering up those desires with this question of like, well, is it me? Is it God? Um, the question of God's sovereignty versus he, his free will is a big one. And it's an important one to discuss and to have open and honest conversations about things that we see and experience in life that we're confused about in terms of, is this, is this all my choice or is God in control? I think these are all important things to be asking. And obviously, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, we don't have all those answers and we, we may never have all those answers, but I think ultimately what's important to realize and come to is if those questions aren't ultimately pointing us into a deeper trust, I mean, that's what they should ultimately be doing. Like, yes, let's have the conversations and let's talk about it openly and honestly, but recognize that even if you don't get the answer that you want, what, what God's ultimately inviting you into is to trust him more. And so that's really like the place where I want to land every single time, even when I'm asking these questions of relationships and does God have someone for me and can I trust that he does is it all in his plan is it going to be my choice like all of these different questions that I want to ask and have answers to what I ultimately wanted to lead me back to not just in relationships but in every area of life is am I going to accept this challenge to trust him more or do I want to hold on to wanting to have the answer like do I care more about finding out why do I care more about having the answer or do I ultimately care more to just let God be God and really trust him with my heart and with my life um so yeah I don't I don't think we can neglect or should neglect asking the hard questions and having the hard conversations as long as it ultimately leads us back to I don't know, having open hands and open hearts to God, no matter what. That's beautiful, Tiffany. And yeah, that's where it's at. And I think having these conversations with one another is wonderful and beautiful, but we have to be having these conversations with God as well. Yeah. Like he is not afraid of us asking, do you see me? Do you care? Am, is my life, does my life matter? Yeah. Like that, I don't know, as a parent, just knowing that my child wants to be seen by me, wants mm. to know that I see them, like that's almost enough. Mm, yeah, man, I'm, I'm not a parent, but I've experienced, I've experienced that moment with God as well. And um, even just reading Genesis 16 and the story of, Hagar when she ran from Sarai and she went to the well and the angel of the Lord pursued her and they had this whole conversation and she says, you are the God who sees me. And she, mm -hmm. she was the first person in the Bible to give God a name. And, um, and I just think that's really beautiful and something that I, the posture of my heart that I always want to have and remember that ultimately he is the God who sees me. He sees 
my hurt and my pain. He sees my future. He sees my end from my beginning. And um, he's worthy to be trusted. He's so worthy to be trusted. And I think, you know, for anyone listening, wondering the questions that I was wondering, like, does God have some, someone for me? Can I, can I trust that like, I'm going to get married someday. Those aren't bad questions to ask. And we should, we should talk about it as openly and honestly as we can. Um, as long as we remember that no matter what happens in our lives, whether it goes our way or not, whether he gives us the desires of our heart or not, um, he's, he is worthy to be trusted. And I don't know, I just, I always want to come back to that. Yeah, it's a good place to be at. Thank you, Tiff. Thank you, Tiffany, for being with us and speaking into the lives of our sons and daughters. And go and follow Tiffany. She's an incredible source of encouragement and honesty and truth and honest. I like, I love following you and just seeing your dog sitting, which is such a funny. Facet of who you are. I'm sure we'll link, I don't know, wherever what your Instagram is, but um, do you have, is that the only place where people can connect with you or is there other places? Definitely Instagram is um, my main, I think, platform for connection. Um, but I also really love it when people email me and actually like for people who actually want to like have a conversation or need help in certain areas, I would definitely encourage you to email me. Um, but my email is also found on my Instagram bio at Tiff Rogers Mix. So thank you so much for having me and for wanting me to have this conversation with you. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, I'm just thankful that the Lord would allow for us to open, talk about this openly and honestly, because I knew that you know, you would be a good person to bounce these thoughts off of. So thank you. This has been absolutely. You are a gem and we love engaging with you guys. So any topic or hard conversations that you would like to hear the sons and daughters team and guests um, cover, please hit us up, let us know and leave a review, leave a comment and post this on your story or send it, text it to a friend, you know, if something speaks to you, the likelihood that it's not just for you is really high. So we encourage you guys to put it out there because that's what we're here for. We want to be a source of truth and light and just embody what it means to be sons and daughters of God living, breathing on earth here and now today. Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. 